Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to add a health disclaimer. The information presented in this podcast is not medical advice, and this episode is for informational purposes only. Consult with your child's pediatrician for any medical issues or questions you may have. Hello and welcome to Genius Little Minds, the podcast about childhood mental health from the perspective of a licensed mental health professional. I'm Dr. Madeleine Vieira, a clinical child psychologist specializing in infant mental health and childhood anxiety disorders. I'm also a mother of three girls, ages seven, five, and three, so I can personally relate to a lot of the struggles parents go through. Raising healthy children is important, so on each episode of Genius Little Minds, we'll dive into an aspect of childhood mental health. I'm here to shine a light on the tough issues that families like you are facing every day. Things like childhood mood disorders, anxiety, tricky family dynamics, and more. I'll guide you through the various aspects of children's mental health so you not only understand your child better, but also feel empowered as a parent to make decisions and help them seek treatment if it's needed. My mission is to demystify childhood mental health issues so you can connect with your child better and help them lead a healthy, happy life. Throughout the podcast, I'll help you understand the signs, symptoms, and treatments for various childhood psychological disorders. We'll talk about how you can best support your child in both school and at home, and how to find professional help if necessary. Together, we'll navigate tough topics like infant detachment, toddler tantrums, signs of anxiety, ADHD, and childhood depression, intrusive thoughts or obsessive behaviors, and so much more. So whether you're having trouble bonding with your newborn or you have an older child displaying behavioral difficulties, this podcast is for you. I work with infants and children with a wide range of mental health concerns. If you gain one thing from this podcast, it's that you are not alone. Thousands of families struggle with the same things that you do. And the good news is, help is available. I believe that with the right information, you can make empowered decisions for your family. know as a parent, you're trying to make sure your toddler is getting enough nutrition. You want to support your toddler's growth and development, and you know that nutrition is so closely tied to that. It can be hard to know if your toddler is getting enough to eat, let alone know what to feed them. You might even find that your toddler prefers grazing throughout the day, just eating small amounts rather than sitting down for full-blown meals. And if you have a child over the age of 18 months, I'm pretty sure you've had a battle at mealtime where they're refusing to eat something you've put in front of them. It's widely accepted that after 18 months, toddlers don't like to eat new fruits and vegetables. And most children, whether they're in the US or the UK, don't eat the recommended amounts of fruits and veggies in a day. So what's a parent to do? Let's dive in to talk about what you should try to feed your toddler and when. Assuming your toddler doesn't have any known allergies, they can eat from all the basic food groups, dairy, beans, veggies, fruit, meat and fish. If your family has a history of food allergies, talk to your child's pediatrician about how to start introducing foods to your toddler. But just because your toddler can eat something doesn't mean they will do so without putting up a fight first. There are some foods that are best introduced after your toddler has reached specific developmental milestones. So let's talk about when it's best to incorporate, or at least try to incorporate, certain foods into your child's diet. Your 12-month-old can start to drink whole milk, but before that, breast milk or formula is best. And if you have a child who's younger than 12 months old, be sure to check out episode 11, where I talk all about feeding infants. 
When your toddler is two, you can switch from whole milk to reduced fat milk. Ask your pediatrician about switching to reduced fat milk before they're two years old if your family has a history of obesity, high cholesterol, or heart disease. In the dairy category, you might find your toddler enjoys yogurt, diced or grated cheese, cottage cheese, or pudding. But just like adults, your toddler will develop favorite foods and will start to make his or her preferences known. One study conducted in the Netherlands found that children between the ages of two and a half and four were less likely to eat yogurt when chunks of strawberry were added into it. But when the color and taste was changed, the children didn't care as much. So texture will likely play into whether your toddler is willing to eat a food or not. You can introduce raisins once your child is 18 months or older, but because they tend to clump together, try feeding them to your toddler one at a time and in small portions. Two tablespoons or less is usually what's recommended. You can try feeding your toddler sliced fresh fruit or canned fruit, but it may take a little creativity to try to get them to eat certain foods. When your toddler's teeth come in, they can start eating harder foods. So a whole world of food opens up. Crunchy vegetables like carrots or green peppers can be introduced when your child is 18 months or older. Just remember to dice them into bite-sized chunks. The size of a frozen pea is a good rule of thumb to go by. You can start with one to two tablespoons and then add a tablespoon for each year of your child's age. But don't be surprised if, as they get older, your toddler becomes less and less excited about eating their vegetables. Round foods should always be prepared so toddlers can eat them safely. Foods like grapes, cherry tomatoes and olives without pits should be sliced into pieces that are about a quarter inch or smaller before they're given to your child. As for hard, chewy and textured foods, you have to know and keep an eye on your child as choking can still be a hazard on any food. There are some foods that are best avoided until your child is four or older. These include popcorn, nuts, marshmallows, chewing gum and hard candies because of their choking risk. Certain foods like hot dogs, celery, string cheese, meat and poultry should also be cut into small pieces so your toddler can eat them more easily. Nut butters can be thinly spread onto foods like crackers or bread and are a good source of protein. But because they're so sticky, you don't want to pile on too much at once. You've probably heard that honey is not good for infants for similar reasons, so wait until your child is at least a year old before feeding them any. The sticky texture makes it a choking hazard, so never feed a spoonful of honey to your toddler. But you can try baking it into dishes or drizzling a quarter to half a teaspoon as a natural sweetener. What about allergens? You may have heard that the American Academy of Pediatrics now recommends for infants to eat high allergen foods as early as four to six months old if your family doesn't have a history of food allergies. If you do have a family history of allergies, consult with your toddler's pediatrician before introducing the most common high allergen foods, including wheat, soy, tree nuts, peanuts, milk, eggs, corn, seeds, shellfish, or fish. It's wise to introduce new foods one at a time so it's easy to track if your toddler does have an allergic reaction or if a food doesn't agree with them. To introduce cereals and grains, try feeding your toddler oats, whole wheat bread, iron-fortified cereals, crackers, pretzels, pasta, and rice. For protein, try eggs, beans, peanut butter, meat, fish, or tofu that is cut into small pieces. You may have heard other parents describe their children as picky eaters, or maybe you've said the same thing about your own child. 
The reluctance to taste or try new foods is called neophobia, and there's more and more evidence suggesting that the sensory properties, meaning texture, taste, appearance, and smell of the food, can influence whether or not a child will want to eat it. If you have a toddler, I'm sure you've engaged in at least one battle of wills about whether or not they'll eat something you've put in front of them. In fact, as many as 50% of children between the age of 2 and 4 years old are perceived as picky eaters by their parents. I'm sure I don't have to tell you that family conflicts, behavior problems, tantrums, and fighting between parents about how to deal with their child's picky eating are all common consequences of children refusing certain foods. I try not to label children as picky eaters because I don't want the label to stick and for them to identify with it as they grow. When my oldest was a toddler, she went through a phase where she only ate petit filou, translated to English, little rascals, which is yogurt pot-shaped fresh cream cheese. And my three-year-old insists on having bananas at any time of day. So believe me, I feel your pain if you're going through this phase with your toddler right now. Not being able to get your child to eat fruits and veggies does not make you a bad parent. So many parents go through this exact struggle with their children, and there may be concrete reasons why. Research conducted in 2005 found that young children between the ages of 3 and 10 who had textile sensitivity had a higher aversion to certain food textures. Another study found that children who enjoyed tactile, messy play scored lower in food neophobia, meaning they were more likely to try new foods than children who didn't enjoy messy tactile play. But, and here's the most interesting finding, in my opinion, even those children who were open to trying new foods still didn't eat more fruits and vegetables than their pickier counterparts. The truth of the matter is, more often than not, it's just hard to get children to eat their veggies. Some evidence suggests that children may have actually evolved to have a stronger aversion to bitter tastes than adults so they could avoid the many toxic, potentially fatal plants our evolutionary ancestors lived with. The idea is that children just wouldn't have been old enough to know which plants were dangerous and fatal yet, so their taste buds evolved to help keep them safe. So blame your child's aversion to Brussels sprouts on evolution. Funnily enough, taste and texture are not the only things stopping your toddler from eating the fruits and veggies you desperately want them to eat. A 2012 study by Dovey et al. found that children were more likely to try a new fruit if it looked appealing. Maybe that's why your child wants you to cut their sandwiches into triangles or cut watermelon pieces into little stars. In episodes 13 and 14, we talked all about the ways toddlers are exploring their world and asserting their independence. Toddlers don't have a ton of control in their lives, so feeding themselves is an area where they may try to exercise some control and assert some independence. You can give your child some autonomy by giving them some choice regarding what they eat. That's not to say they get to choose what they have for dinner, cake or something nutritious. You'd probably find they chose cake every time. I would if I could. But you can offer two healthy choices at snack time, for example, and allow your toddler to make a decision about which one he'd like to eat. Your job is to provide the healthy meals, but offer opportunities for him to make choices. Many parents and physicians also believe in allowing your toddler the option to refuse foods when they're served. That's right, you can serve them the same thing you're having for dinner, but don't engage in a power struggle over the meal. You don't want your child to learn to associate food with reward and punishment. You provide the healthy meals and say, this is what we're having for dinner, but then let them choose what and how much they actually eat. 
And remember, toddler's stomachs are small. They don't need to eat as much as we may think they do. Try to look at their overall nutrition rather than what they eat at every single meal. Sometimes your toddler will not be very interested in eating. And it's normal for your toddler's appetite to not be the same every single day. If you're left scratching your head at why your toddler loved peas last night and today looks at the peas with utter disgust, you're not alone. Toddlers' interest in foods can change at the drop of a hat. And trying to explain it to them logically won't help. Your toddler won't care that yesterday he loved peas because today he's decided he doesn't. Many of us may have been taught as children that we had to eat everything off the plate before we could be excused. But it's important for children to learn to recognize their own hunger cues so they can trust and listen to their own bodies. It's not bad that they stop eating when they get full. As long as their overall nutrition throughout the weeks and months is good, allow them to honor their bodily cues on a day-to-day basis. And as difficult as it may be, try to remember it's normal for your little one to play with their food, not sit still at the table and decline foods. It's frustrating, of course, and you may want to rip out your hair at some mealtimes, but it's all part of the process as your child learns, develops hand-eye coordination, becomes more independent, and tests limits. As always, now is the portion of the podcast where I take caller questions. On every episode, we hear from parents from all over the world in the hopes that we'll help you get some clarity on how to support your child. Hi, Dr. Vieira. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. This is Mona calling in from Mexico City. Um, So here's my question. Should I let my child have a sensory experience with her food? My toddler loves to smash her food around, makes a mess with her spoon, throw food on the floor. Um, It seems like mealtimes are just like one big messy sensory play experience. And I'm not sure how much of the food is actually ending up in her belly. I don't want to shame her for doing something developmentally appropriate. But at what point do I stop these behaviors? Will she, I don't know, grow out of them automatically? And, um, or do I have to teach her they're inappropriate at some point? Hi, Mona. Thanks for calling in with your question. Almost every toddler goes through a food throwing phase, and many other parents have asked the same question as well. It can seem like second nature to call out, don't play with your food. Maybe because you heard that as a child or because you're not a fan of the mess. However, there are so many positive benefits that come from letting children play with their food. The first is that it teaches them how to feed themselves. Using silverware or even their fingers requires fine motor skills that will get better with each passing month. Beyond just improving their skills, your child being able to feed themselves will let you eat your own dinner while it's still warm. Win-win. You may also be able to avoid picking eating if you let your child play with their food. Letting them explore and touch their food may make them more likely to feel comfortable enough to eat it. Finally, it helps with brain development. Your toddler isn't learning through textbooks or lectures yet. They learn through play. They will see cause and effect as they drop the food and it falls to the ground. Various names and colors of food are picked up as they play. 
This is all great for your child. But what if you feel like you're losing your mind in this phase? Remember that setting some boundaries is perfectly fine. Try only giving them small amounts of food at a time so that there's less of a cleanup. You could also set the limit like your child can play with their food but not throw it. Your daughter will likely grow out of this phase as she gets better at using silverware and grows more used to the food that is served. To a toddler, every single meal can seem like a new thing that needs to be explored. That will fade over time. If you're worried about how much food she's actually eating, you could try spoon-feeding her some food after she's played for a while. It may seem like it's difficult to find a balance, but you can decide what is best for your family while still allowing your child to do what is developmentally appropriate. Hello, um, my name is Birgit. My partner and I live in Copenhagen, Denmark, with our two sons. Uh, one is seven, the other is three. My toddler goes through phases where he'll just refuse certain foods or um, demand they be prepared in a certain way. For example, he went through this phase where he only wanted to eat white food. And now he's only eating sandwiches if the crust is cut off. I know this is fairly normal kid behavior, but should I give in to these requests? Um, demands, really. Tell us don't make requests. <laughs> what, what should I do? Hello, Birgit. I can sense your frustration. This phase can be really trying. I'm happy to give you some pointers. Some have called these phases food jags. It's fairly common in childhood for children to only want to eat a specific food or have a fear of trying new foods. While it's a normal part of development, it doesn't always lend itself to a nutritious diet. There are a few things that you can try. Even if you know that your child isn't going to want to eat anything else, you should still offer nutritious meals with a variety of food options. If they don't want to eat any of the foods, encourage smaller steps. Ask them to play with it, touch it to their lips or lick it. Sometimes it can take 8 to 10 causes of exposure to a particular food before a child will accept it. So just keep trying. When putting together meals, try to offer one to two safe food options and one to two new food options. Then you may want to set a limit on how many times the safe food options can be refilled. You can also try setting a stricter routine. Making sure that your child isn't snacking too often will help them be hungry at meals and thus make them more likely to try new foods. Whenever possible, sit down at the table and eat with your toddler. Toddlers learn by watching others. You may be surprised what they will eat after they watch you eat it. Finally, try making the new food fun. This could mean pasta dyed to be different colors or cucumbers cut into star shapes. You could also try making mealtimes more fun by playing relaxing music or dressing up in costumes to fit the meal theme. Food doesn't have to be a fight. Try to remember that for most children, this is just a phase. You will get through it. Hi, Dr. Vieira. Uh, this is Hans from Amsterdam in Holland. I have a three and a half year old who will barely eat at mealtime, but then always complains about being hungry during the day. I make sure to feed her healthy snacks and offer food when she's hungry, but I'm worried that the snacks are ruining her appetite. Why doesn't she want to eat much dinner if she was hungry all day? So, how many small meals a day are too many and should I stop letting her eat so frequently? Thank you. 
Hello, Hans. Thanks for sharing your concerns. I know many parents can relate to this struggle. We want to set our children up with good eating habits because we know that those habits will follow them for the rest of their lives. So how do we help establish that? Setting a routine and sticking to it is the most important step. The recommended eating schedule for toddlers includes three meals and two to three snack times. Oftentimes, toddlers go two to three hours between eating times. It's possible that this will need to be tweaked to fit your child and their needs and your lifestyle. This may still sound like a lot of snacks. When snack time is structured, however, a child's body can be more regulated. Their body will learn when meals are coming and how much they need to eat to get to the next food time. You may find that this structure also helps you feed them more nutritious snacks since you have time to plan instead of just grabbing something off the shelf. It can be difficult to hear that your child is hungry, but it's important to remember that hunger can actually be a good thing. Coming to a meal hungry helps a child eat enough in that sitting to make it to the next meal time. It also helps them be less picky in their eating. Let your child know that the kitchen is closed when it is not a designated snack or meal time. It is important that everyone in the house follows these rules so that it feels fair. While it can be difficult at first to implement and stick to the routine, it will pay off in the long run. Your child's health and your sanity will thank you later on. Feeding a toddler can feel really difficult. The refusal of foods, introduction of new foods at different times, and navigating mealtimes in general can be pretty tough. I hope this episode has helped you feel less alone with the frustrations that come with feeding a toddler. Here are three key points to remember about toddler eating. 1. Toddlers have small stomachs and their appetite won't be the same every day. You want them to learn to recognize and respect their bodily cues, telling them when they're hungry or full. 2. Look at your child's nutrition broadly rather than meal by meal. It's okay for a toddler to not eat something you serve if they're generally getting enough to eat and eating primarily nutritious foods. 3. Encourage your child to try new foods with different colors, textures, tastes and smells. But don't be upset if they don't like something and try to introduce one new food at a time. I hope you found today's episode on toddler eating informative and helpful. Stay tuned because next time we'll cover everything you might want to know about toddler sleep. How much sleep they need, how long naps should be, how to create a bedtime routine, and how to address common sleep problems. See you next time and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.